Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. And Ash Millman. Hello, everyone. Now, there are a few things that I love in this life than sci-fi, games, and movies, and ting. And I want an excuse to talk about No Man's Sky, a game that I've always loved. Yeah. Oh, so, I've heard that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. you've always loved it. Yeah, you, you go back through the archives, you'll find nothing but love, which sounds sarcastic, but it's not true. Um, although that bit is true, because I've always loved it. Anyway, they added a massive VR mode to it, um, yes. which has been one of the reasons that a lot of people have been going back to it, because they obviously reduced the price. They kind of trying to make a big old... Um, um, second play for getting some people in. Um, and a lot of the fandoms been referring to this as No Man's Sky 2. It sort of feels like the second life of the game because um, they added so many new animations in the way that the planets get generated and different mission structures and everything else. Um, but yeah, in the in the sort of uh, general vein of highlighting some overlooked or underrated games, obviously No Man's Sky's reputation speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, and it was a complete mess in 2016. Like, Well, it managed to, it's managed to be an overrated game that has managed <laughs> to turn itself into an underrated game by the fact that it blew its wad too early and badly mm -hmm. and it damaged its lot of its player base it did though it like Ward. yeah I d and uh <laughs> and now it's become that sort of like it's almost cool to hate on no man's sky a little bit, and yeah. now it's becoming that sort of like niche sort of thing of like hey man this is like a really decent game if you so go back to it it's weird because the thing that i always loved about it like not in like a weird jokey way is that it was always like a survival game it was always this very craft heavy like you're very isolated in space and you're trying to find a way to get off a given planet and then you slowly regain control and you get you know you have a ship and you know you like build different weapons and mm. you become more comfortable being this sort of like space exploration or space explorer kind of thing yeah um, and i always loved that side of it and now that they've put all the vr elements into it um, obviously, it's first person, but they've added a whole bunch of different um, ways that you can control it in VR, where you're pulling weapons out your backpack, you're mm. flying a ship with both independent limbs or whatever. That's cool. Um, you're pulling Whoa. plants out the ground to craft. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and you're when you land on a new planet, you have to physically get a hold of your cockpit and open it to get out. And little things like that that sort of add to that sort of like isolated immersion that really mm. like you know you're alone in space trying to make mm. it work kind of thing. And if you want to be a space pirate or you just want to go and like get weird space pills from the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> you can do all these different things. And every all those play styles are completely like valid and they have a whole base building thing you can like build a base on the side of a cave or you can go build something in the sky or you can live underwater it's a lot of effort they've, they've done an absolute ton to it it sounds mm. exhausting honestly yeah. saying that this is vr as well and every little thing needs like a limb attached to it sounds honestly like a well, not every little thing a lot of things 
I have to open my own doors. Like, to be honest, <laughs> I get sweaty watching people play Beat Saber. Let alone yeah, yeah. like doing a lot. I'm just like, jeez. I will mention um, since I've because I finally bought a PSVR, which is why I bought it for No Man's Sky. I dropped yeah. three hundred pounds to play this thing right. in total. In total, on No Man's Sky. How, yeah. How That's nice it must is. be to have disposable income. Oh, we got paid to leave. Mister Moneybags. Oh, I've, I've, I've got a house. Ooh. Oh, sorry, Josh Brown custom T-shirt. But still, <laughs> hey man, I didn't buy it. <laughs> that was so. I'd love it if you did. It was a custom flower-based Josh Brown design. <laughs> no, I'm not that sad. And that's, anyway, that's not a waste of money. Let's it's be realistic. Three hundred pound on No Man's Sky VR or a Josh Brown T-shirt. I mean, I'll take the No Man's Sky. I know what I'd be buying. I can I can build Josh Brown in No Man's Sky and fly <laughs> around him, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. I can make his little face as a rock formation. But um, but yeah, so the um, I feel like they've bulked it out in a whole bunch of different ways. But I think the thing to drill down on, which I'd love to do most of on at some point, is just that they have turned that game around. Yeah. Um, and I I always like the the calm like it was always like a chill sort of. Like, I remember Sean Murray tweeting about it back in 2016, saying like, don't expect a mass multiplayer game even though he told people that's what it was going to be yeah. um, that it was always a chill exploration game and that's totally what it nails um, and you can play it that way or you can go and get in a ship and dogfight and you know do all that kind of stuff as yeah. well um, so yeah I do think that No Man's Sky is worth highlighting as something that like you said has gone from being I don't know overrated and anticipated to yeah. oh my god to actually no it's a really hell, it's a hell of an achievement considering the amount of the team well, size it, and everything it's a totally different game what you're yeah. describing now is a totally different experience than what we got with the vanilla uh, release you can of it. still do that if you want if you just want to chill and just yeah, you can but it, but it just felt like there was like there was no real end game. There's no real point mm. to it. Even just like adding in the sort of uh, additional like being able to uh, move things with the um, move the, controllers. the move controllers. That is adding in a layer of depth that just wasn't available at the beginning mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. yeah, and there's like mission boards and multiplayer stuff and different quests and whatever. And like one of the stupidest things that they've added, which uh, well not stupid as it makes the most sense, but it's the tiniest thing, is that NPCs now walk around, hey. which was never there before. So like just the stupid. <laughs> and you can sit on a chair Woo. now as well. So yeah, things like that. Um, Jules, your first game to highlight was Vanquish. Well, this is the thing. I love Vanquish so much. It is Platinum such... Games are so this good. is the thing. Yeah. It's one of uh, the uh, first games that I played uh, from Platinum Games because before I played when they were Clover Studios and they did, uh, what was it, Beautiful Joe and they did mm. a few other things as well. God Hand, I'm pretty sure they had a hand in as well. I think that was there. I think they had a hand in that. But it was when uh, Vanquish came on that it really put them on the uh, the map for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I looked at the trailer and I was like, man, this cutscene looks great. And then I looked down the bottom and I was like, oh my God, that's actually in-game footage. <laughs> this game looks amazing. I don't know if you guys have played it. I, I love Vanquish. Yeah, you've, you've played it loads. Yeah. It is like, um, to try and sell it to you, Ash, and okay. anyone else who's listening, it's like the best, worst sci-fi B-movie made into sold. a video game. <laughs> sold, sold. The, the concept is that there's a giant solar station that uh, is being turned into a uh, a weapon that can literally irradiate everything around it. So it's and a Death Star. A, a, like a, death, a bit yeah. like a Death Star. And the pesky Russians have taken ah! it over. And then as it goes on, it turns out that it's actually a military coup by the US themselves Whoa. to try and basically up the economy by having their cities destroyed so that they can all band together. I don't remember Jesus. any of the story. See, I do yeah. because I've done multiple videos. <laughs> <laughs> and you play as Sam Gideon, Sam Gideon, and literally he's got a button that allows him to smoke a cigarette, which Good. well is brilliant. It's a gameplay feature because you, when you take cover, you can do this thing. You do the smoking thing, and when he flicks the cigarette out, and um, the oh, enemies will yeah. shoot that instead, so you can be like, hey, "Look over there!" and then you run away and shoot people instead. Because we the, did this in a list, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah. It was, mm. the, it was the pointless yet awesome video game mechanics, and it was um, 
there's this one bit where they actually address it. They're mm. just kind of like, hey, don't you think it's the wrong time for a cigarette? And he just goes like, say, nah, man, these are robots. They're attracted to like infrared or heat signal stuff. Oh, and he like flicks it. And so it's like, oh, it actually gives it a purpose. Mm -hmm. There we go. I think the general movement as well, like obviously uh, Gears of War had such a massive impact towards the end of the 2000s. And then mm. Vanquish was just, what if we took like the stop and pop cover system and just gave you like a big boost thing? Yeah. Slow motion dives, cartwheels, all these different things. Um, and like boss finishes. Like I remember that, I think it's the very first boss that you do that big punch flurry on and just uppercut his head straight off. The, the, like, yeah. the, that finishing bit has you riding up its shoulders and then grabbing a missile that it's fired at you, spinning around it with such impact that you fire the missile back down the tube that it came from <laughs> oh and God. it blows it up from within. And you start- <laughs> The fish tube. And, and, you literally, and you literally just you just sit there just going like, I did that. Oh. <laughs> and I get the fish like, tube of its day. So um, good. as well like, have obviously gone on to make a name for themselves with really ridiculous set pieces like that stuff. Mm -hmm. like, I love Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, and I'll totally mention um, Astral Chain, which the review for that's next week. You guys can come back and check that out. Um, but I'm playing through that at the minute. That is another ridiculously brilliant platinum game. And but I feel the, like they've just, they're just nailing it. Right but the thing is, is that I feel like it's an underrated game because when it came out, a lot of people didn't really know what to make of it because mm. it was like this sci-fi Gears of War-esque thing that was very shallow and it was definitely style over substance mm -hmm. and a lot of people just wrote it off because I think that it was released in a window where a lot of people were, were kind of done well, it's like with everybody the... was doing that cover system and yeah, it just, it meant yeah. That, and all yeah. you see on the back if you flip over the back of the box art all you'll see is basically him in covering positions and if you were to look at that you'd be like ah you know there's not really anything new here mm -hmm. but as soon as you actually start playing that game the fluidity with which you move is fantastic because for example when you finish a slide yeah. if you're holding another button he'll do a forward flip and it will instantly go into slow-mo and you'll be able to shoot and then slide away again. Mm -hmm. But you can only use that slow-mo for a limited amount of time. And if you use it up, the core on his back becomes exposed and he's really slow because he's like, oh God, this suit actually weighs <laughs> yeah. a ton. Like, it's art, it's brilliant. They've done it really well. Mm -hmm. And graphically, it's amazing as I well. I think um, they added it to the Xbox One's backwards compatibility thing as well. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to just pick it up, it should should be super cheap now. It's well. also released on PC as well. Oh, uh, there's oh, been loads, yeah, and yeah. There's, there's loads of support for it as well. I'm pretty sure you can add in new mods mm -hmm. You can add in uh, graphical upgrade yeah. textures as well. Like it looks phenomenal. And in fact, the um, I might be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure Keiji Inafune, uh, the guy who was behind Resident Evil, had mm -hmm. something to do with this game. And I'm pretty sure that he wanted. Oh, you're thinking of um, Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami. Yeah. And um, he said that he wanted to have every single bullet that the enemies fire and you fire be animated on screen. And his team were like, "That's impossible." Vanquish proves that it is not uh, impossible. There's a bit where a Gatling gun is firing and spraying across, and when you slow down, it's literally just shrapnel everywhere. And yeah. you're like, and if you get even touched by it, you're like, pew, pew, pew. Oh, it's, oh, it's so good. <laughs> what, what <are> you like? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool seeing how much like you love it as well, oh, though, like, it. and how much passion you have for it. Yeah. Would you say it's got like the same sort of comedy as uh, God Hand and those sort of games? Oh, as well? there is there is a yeah. real sort of like cheesiness factor mm. to it. Like, there's there's some moments in it that are questionable, where it's just kind of like. I'm the tough military expert, but yeah. also I'm gonna betray you, sucker. Like, they, like you, you call it like as soon as you meet him. I kind of put it with like binary domain as just mm. this sort of completely overlooked thing because it had that stop and pop cover system, which yeah. like like I said, everybody was so sick of back then. Um, but because it was the end of like that era of mechanics being overused, you got the best examples at yeah. the end of it. That was when they'd mastered those things. Um, plus, Vanquish kind of stands out as one of the only times that Platinum have done a, um, a third-person shooter. Like nearly yeah. everything thereafter was like a top-down isometric hack and slash thing, which mm. is what Astral Chain is as well. They, they the, um, the, the only thing I'd say that is a criticism against it is that uh, the ending of the game sets up a sequel that unfortunately never happened. Mm. And it's and it's really like, it's a bad ending. You, yeah. you actually, 
you find what you believe to be the final boss. And then at the very end, he just goes, nah, actually, these were just two drones, and I'm actually in this spaceship that's been flying away for the last <laughs> yeah. three hours. I'm not even here. It's like, like the Mass Effect 2 ending, but they never yeah. got to do their yeah. final bit. And it's just kind of like, okay, what was the point then? And it, and I did a list on the sort of horrible repercussions of mm -hmm. what would be, because uh, you know when like games finish and it's like, yeah. hey guys, we saved the day. Ooh. Whereas in this one, you're just kind of like, but wait a minute, that means that the Russia thing's still a mm -hmm. big thing. The guy's still alive. The president is dead at this point, <laughs> and all of the economy is in the drain. And they're just like, "We saved the day." Like, as the world's that like, that kind of right. works even better. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I think they'll eventually do it because Platinum seem to have got like back in control of their games. Like, they mm. did weird spin-off stuff like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game and the Transformers game. Big. And then War, um, War of Cybertron. Uh, yeah, yeah, did they do that one? Uh, no, there's. Oh, was, you were talking um, about the other one, that's the like cell one. shady. Yeah, one. The, yeah, it's called something Destruction. But um, yeah, I feel like they did that, and they did this whole company statement about getting back in control of their IPs mm. and stuff. So I, I think we'll get Van eventually but maybe it'll just take a bit of time fingers crossed yes as your first game was Prey it the was new Prey Prey 2016 so, right so I've not played this game but yeah. between you and Josh I feel like there is a huge love for this game that just mm. went completely unappreciated I kind of bounced yeah. off it too but it's, carry on it's really good I think considering how little attention it got or what attention it did mm. get was maybe not like big love for it Ben Roy and Josh can explain this way better than me but I will try and represent it for them it's just a <laughs> it's just a fantastic like tight sci-fi horror sort of game and it's like it's this massive spaceship and there's all these aliens on their little mimicky yep. like uh, strange tendril things yeah and you've got to basically just go around and figure out what's going on what you've got to do and all that sort of thing there's massive like um, gravity walking space through things there's cool. all massive set pieces it's just really weird and wonderful it's like taking it's like Bethesda's take on Alien Isolation but oh it's a Bethesda game is arcane. it is it Arcane yeah Bethesda okay. the money yeah. Though, yeah. Okay. it's Arcane's take on uh, like what would be um, what did I just say? On <laughs> uh, like, like a sci-fi exploration stuff. Yeah, yeah, there okay. we go. On, uh, on an Alien Isolation game that spun uh. their sort of way, it's done again. It's really good. It's just really interesting. It's just a, a mm. great way of them doing it. It's really fun. Because I didn't play all the way through it, but I, the thing that I love was that they, um, they had the mimics, which are yeah. those weird little spider things. Like one, when you first come across one of them and it's quite small, it's this sort of inky little spider thing. Yeah. yeah. Like running around next to your feet and you'll just catch it out of the corner of your eye. And it's mm. that exact feeling when you see a spider in like your living room. You're like, oh God, it's in here with they're me. They're grim, they're grim. And so like, you eventually start chasing after it, but the, the really great thing which is why I bounced off it because I wanted them to do more of this but I still think that it has this amazing atmosphere mm. and it's still like worth highlighting is um, you'll chase after these little spider mimic things yeah. uh, into a room or whatever and you'll go in and they'll have mimicked they'll have become like a coffee cup or a stool Wait, or what? whatever yeah, yeah. and you, you won't know what it is what like Gary's room. mod sort of thing kind of yeah. yeah but like they, they can like impersonate stuff like the thing but for like objects so like you need to learn the layout of those areas especially in the beginning because mm. if you go into a room and it's like well I know there was one coffee cup there before now there's two you just get like, yeah. what? I have I've bypassed this game. That sounds that sounds amazing. It's brilliant. Like there's yeah, and like they have like like mechanical stuff. They have like this glue gun that lets yeah. you sort of make your own like pathways to get up to levels and it's stuff. Kind of like Bioshocky, like yeah. the way that it runs. Like, <gasps> <gasps> I know that's, that's what we should have opened with. But. To be fair, I say it's like Alien meets Bioshock meets like an RPG. It's a it's a real mishmash mm -hmm. of genres and styles. But at its core, it's a horror game, mm -hmm. and the way that it plays with horror is really special and fun. So why did this <clears> not sort of get onto everyone's radar then? Well, I think that's a question for you. Like, well, why? well. For me, like I mean, there's two reasons it didn't succeed, like in in like objectively or whatever. It's because Bethesda didn't market it very well. Like they yeah. Bethesda con continually dropped the ball on them. Was this the side. one? Uh, I actually vaguely remember us talking about this. Was, was this one of the slew of games that came out at a really bad time when it was like the sent out to die squad much, because yeah. they were like, basically well, like they, they were almost like quiet launched. That and like, whatever. Too. Like I think um, yeah, Bethesda for me like the Titanfall two. Uh, Titanfall 2. Well, Titanfall yeah. 2 was in between Call of Duty and Battlefield. Oh, but okay. um, for Prey and um, Dishonored 2, Bethesda just seemed to be like, well, oh, God, the Bethesda God, name Dishonored will sell 2. this. Right. And like it doesn't. 
Um, but yeah, in Prey's case, um, the reason that I bounced off it outside the, I mean, the marketing thing doesn't necessarily matter. The reason that I bounced off it gameplay-wise is I wanted them to do way more stuff with the mimics because um, I love that thing I just described Yeah, that just sounds amazing. Um, but then they give you a vision mode that just lets you see which one's the fake uh, one. Ah, um, And so I didn't like that, but it's it's not that that gets in the way altogether. Like like um, Ash said, Josh absolutely loves it. And I know that, um, I think Benji or Ben, ben Roy's been ben Roy it too. Ben Roy absolutely loves it as well. Yeah, and it's like, and it does excel in uh, in story and atmosphere. And like, it is totally worth playing. The whole thing that they do at the beginning where um, you just, you start out, I forget the name of the guy that you're playing as, but you're essentially like a lab, right? You're a science experiment yeah. and you're being asked a bunch of questions as to, mm. you know, like, um, can you understand these different puzzles and lateral thinking and everything else? But you don't know why. Um, and there's, if you don't know, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's a, there's a great reveal at the beginning as to what's really going on around you, let's say. Cool. Um, and that leads to, that then leads into the mimic stuff and everything else. So I think it's first half is way stronger than the second half for me, meaning I didn't get there, but yeah. I have heard that it is all brilliant. It's just that I hate that vision it's, mode I, stuff. I fell off it and came back to it right. as well. I feel like it's one of those ones you start playing, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And you get used to it. It's also, and then you yeah. kind of come off it again. But mm -hmm. like, it's also, it's quite difficult to begin with because you're learning about these mimics. And there's obviously, there's a big like chaotic ones as well mm -hmm. that okay. are a bit more aggressive. So there's different enemy types and stuff. But like, there's loads of rooms that are set up to be very difficult to get through. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, it's not, particularly linear so you have to go and find what you need like come back with a key card or whatever and then sort it all out sort of things so you got to go and find something come back maybe okay. do another room later because it's too yeah so figure it out sort mm -hmm. of thing so it's sort of like item collection is a bit archaic or, just I, or, or, or progression a little bit it's just I mean like um, the thing you were mentioning before like isola mm -hmm. isola alien isolation style is that you have this one environment this one space station so you're forever like you know overlapping and, and looping back on yourself to unlock something else and mm. go forward and back and then you know and then you'll, you'll remember like as you go forward like, oh well I couldn't get through this door but maybe if I come back and do this later. But, but I feel that that's, so, I yeah. feel like that's good for horror mm. yeah, horror yeah. games because of the fact that when you come back through locations that you think you've cleared and there's a new enemy there or something's or changed a or, yeah. or, or a new cup. And it's like yeah. that cup yeah. wasn't there before. Yeah, then that, I reckon <laughs> that would work in this game's uh, strengths. Mm -hmm. The best thing about learning about these titles now, because mm -hmm. it's like, what, two years since it came Three out? Three for that. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's going to be cheap as chips now. So oh, yeah, just, yeah, that yeah. means yeah. I'll just be able to go pick it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just like, yeah, and like Arcane, like obviously Dishonored 1, I absolutely adore. Dishonored 2, I bounced right off. But like, they're such a good dev like uh, and prey is just prey is a great thing i think if you know that um the hook throughout isn't the mimic stuff that that's more like an, an yeah. appetizer kind of yep. thing and um, whereas i went into it thinking that was going to be the whole game um, and then when they were like here's the vision mode and the, use the thermals and that one's the alien and i was like yeah. okay you just broke the game that i love oh, but that's um a shame. but that's that doesn't over that doesn't override the whole thing okay. um in terms of the combat as well it's worth mentioning that it has the alan wake style um thing of like you want to weaken an enemy it's either through melee or that like gun, um and then you finish them off i like that it's the same thing like with a two like dead space like just shooting the weak spots mm. is like weakening enemy I love those ideas of like this is what you've got to do like chip damage and real damage yeah. is why I like that game and I can never remember what it's called it's a JRPG um where you talk about bevels and you run in triangles. <laughs> bevels? Nah, it, it, it'll come what? to me. Resonance of Fate. Oh, God, okay. That's the exact same mechanic thing where you've got to do, somebody's got to do blue damage, yeah. and then when you do red damage, it does the blue damage to the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, you're kind of like, you're yeah. stacking it up. Like, yes, yeah. it's weird. It's a weird way. It's great. I mentioned that on Overlooked RPGs. Like, yeah, oh. Oh, God, Resonance of Fate is brilliant. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hmm. Um, so the next game down that I've got is Observation, which I don't know anyone other than Benroy that's played no, it. It's I've on not... my list. It's Good. been on my list for ages. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this next and play it. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to play this. I put this in like... um, the games of the year so far, but I just think it's worth picking it apart more mm. than just the one minute segment it had on the list kind okay. of thing. Um, let's give it five minutes instead. Go on then. Because, uh, yeah, so in Observation, you play as an AI. You're called Sam, Sam OS. And um, you're basically on this uh, space station. You're orbiting the Earth and you're looking after this um, doctor called Dr. Fisher. Um, and the whole point of it is that you don't really know why you're there. That's the kind of the whole point is that you're just an AI. Like, what would an AI know other than just fulfilling tasks? And so you get asked by different members of the crew, like, you know, like, open this door, do this thing, open this vent, whatever, and you're sort of just helping out. Um, and then there's a, there's a I'm not, I'm not going to give everything away, but there's a, a very pivotal thing that happens where you get contacted by something that definitely isn't human. Um, and so you start, like, but obviously you can't really do anything about it because you're just an AI. So you're, yeah. you might think as a player, like, well, what the hell is that? Yeah. But you can't tell anybody because you wouldn't have that, you wouldn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah and, and also you've probably not been programmed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you're forever like locked into being an AI. And so you can jump between different um, security cameras and keep mm. an eye on the crew. Um, and then things start affecting them as well in terms of um, their different psychosis. Oh, and sign me up. It's, that it's sounds brilliant. amazing. Um, and it's, it looks gorgeous as well. I forget the name um, of the devs, but the I think it's one of their first titles. It's their first PS4 title. Mm. I can't remember the name of them either, annoyingly, but it's their first PS4 title. They've done previous ones on uh, PC. And right. those have been really popular. Um, again, I can't remember any of the names of them. But then though, good. yeah, if you ever check out the Observation developers, it feels like a real passion project like mm. they had a really good idea of what a good vision for what it was going to be is it a lengthy game no it's it's i think i did it in like eight hours ish there's a bit <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. only eight hours it's but not that's that long <laughs> well in, in a world of 300 hour assassin in creeds. a world of warhammer mate eight <laughs> hours is, uh, uh, it might be a bit sh- the, the thing is it um the the, th- the one of the things that t- towards the back third of it is that they it starts getting not bogged down but it starts giving you a few too many fetch quests okay. um whereas like i mean i know this whole podcast is going to be highlighted the positives of stuff but no, it, but, no, in- no, but this is the thing we're, we're actually giving recommendations mm. every single thing that we're talking about today is a recommendation to, oh, the, totally, to, yeah. to our listeners and we should definitely make sure that they're aware yeah, going yeah, in. yeah yeah and uh, yeah that's one of the things towards the back third of it where like you you start being told that oh you need to go over here and find this code that's on the wall and because basically like you know as i said you're 
you're an AI, so you you exist like in the ship itself, um, and also in the security cameras, and then eventually you get access to a little drone, so you can fly around and stuff. Um, and so like some of the puzzle, puzzles, quote unquote, revolve around sending the drone to a certain part mm. of the ship and finding something that was scrolled yeah. on the wall, and then reporting that back to someone else. Um, and so it, towards the back third, it starts to fall into that a little bit more, okay. which, it, which kind of felt like padding, um, because at that point the story is absolutely brilliant, and you're just you just want answers, yeah. um, and so much has happened with this weird entity that's in touch with you, and you're like, what the hell is is it an alien? Is oh, it like I want to play this? What is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, so, we're like, yeah. it's so good. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for any mystery thing if it's yeah. done well, like any like detective thriller or just any anything where like you don't know the end of it. What's this? Pricey? Is it a pricey game? Uh, no, I think it was fifteen. Like fourteen. Damn, sir. Uh, well, I guess I know what I'm gonna be downloading. <laughs> um, it's great though, and just like yeah, it, lo- it just looks gorgeous. And they've gone for like this this really like old school. It's a bit like Alien Isolation in terms yeah. of um, the cameras are always flickering. You're sort of like it's very VCR nice. style. Nice. Uh, you know, everything you're struggling to sort of make sense of everything whilst you're being bombarded by all this other these other signals. Um, and I'll not give away one of the be- even. There's a great twist at the very beginning um, after you get contacted mm. by this thing um, where you look out the side of the ship, and that's the twist. I'll just leave it there. Uh, okay, and, um, and that's. A great thing too Ooh, um, I'm so, that. I think the thing is like I, I want to describe how brilliant it is but I don't want to ever ruin any of the, the mysteries fair um, enough because they're, they're doled out so well and it, it ends in a way that is kind of divisive but I loved it um, and I think if you like everybody's gone to the rapture it's similar thematically cool. um, to that and cool. in terms of how much you just need to go with it um, but yeah so mine would be observation Jules your second thing was Warhammer 40k Space Marine now this Ooh. is the total opposite of uh, right. now listen if, 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 if you think that that was in any way subtle or anything like mm. that like 40k Space Marine is literally a big boot to the face and a chainsaw to the heart because honestly like they're just it's the biggest dumbest fun I've had in a long (laughs) long time and you guys well know I'm very in deep to my Warhammer shout out to my boy Slanesh yeah there he is and also if you want to check out more board game stuff you can go to Live and Let's Dice we've got a YouTube channel it's alright guys we're supported by them now so it's okay (laughs) so um this is the thing. Uh, loving 40K definitely helps, but you don't need to understand it to understand what's going on. Because yeah. it's it is a shooter one. Yes. Right. It's, basi- it's basically Gears of War with a Warhammer skin. Gears yeah. of War. And I have got no problem with that because they actually, it, that's what they're meant to be. When they mm. were designing um, the Gears of War characters, mm. Blazinski and all of his pals, mm-hmm. like literally said, they were basing them on Space Marines. Yeah. They're toughest, like most the original mad. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah. They're like the maddest men of the galaxy. Uh-huh. And to have them going up against literally like dozens and dozens of big slavering orcs who just want to go alright mate (laughs) it's actually going up against like football hooligans and just slaying them down and there's like a sense of catharsis in that game that is unparalleled (laughs) what does it do because I I remember when the demo came out for it I didn't play the full one but I played the demo for it Um, like what else do you get like access to and stuff like because I remember the shooting stuff and that was about it that's the thing like there is there is very very little depth to this game it is like move here shoot that move there again (laughs) shoot that get Uh. some law like I wouldn't say that this is a game that requires much sort of like lateral thinking or mm. puzzle solving but sometimes games don't need to be like that to be enjoyable totally. yeah. as a as a weekend blast this game does everything it sets out to be which is a sense of empowerment that is unlike no other because it, when you go and see somebody stomp somebody's skull yeah. into pieces and they're like eight foot tall uh. and like having bullets ricochet off them because they don't do any damage because it's just crude weaponry and you're the, you're the savior <laughs> of mankind you're just like yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> it's like the original 2016 Doom and just being yeah. like just, it sounds like a team of Doom Slayers yeah. just being like unstoppable and then you've got like corruption with like the force of chaos coming in and possessing some of the minds of your team and stuff yeah. that's what starts out as a start out as a group and then you're basically uh, getting whittled down one by one it's a desperate case of survival and uh-huh. then eventually you, <laughs> co- you come out of the end and you're like oh. it's like an action movie that you are fully in how control how do they even of. get hit if they're that 
impenetrable. Oh, I mean, it's the same as any video game logic. Right. I mean, these you gotta <laughs> you gotta. Like enough bullets. I mean, to, to be honest, to be honest, there are some questionable moments, such as the uh, the Space Marine's armor is meant to be like made of this thing called ceramite, and it's meant to be yeah. the toughest material that they can make. Okay. So why would you take your helmet off? And they always <laughs> do. They're all just, they're all just like, and it's going, I've got to talk now, and it's just kind of like. Does anyone get shot like Carmine style? There are a few times when people uh, get off, and you're just kind of like, God, that, why? Why has <laughs> yeah. that happened? <laughs> but the, if and if you want any other reason to play it, it's the voice acting. You've got mm. your stock sort of like very stoic, like I am the savior of mankind for Tiberius. Like that is like very silly <laughs> yeah. over the top. And on the other side, you've got orcs that are literally East End gangsters. And they're like, we'll rip your head off, mate. <laughs> it's like, are they not all Scottish? Like, no, unfortunately, most orcs are Scottish. unfortunately, they're not Scottish in this one, but they like are. Cockney they're gangsters. Cockney gangsters. It's like, the boys, get the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Is it on them 360? Um, I think it. Yeah, it was on 360. Okay. It was on 360 uh, and. I can't remember what other one it was on. It must have been on PS2. Yeah, like PS3 or something. Or I, just, I remember when that first Actually, came it was out. P- no, you're right. It's PS3 and Xbox 360. That right. was one of I'm trying to think of like ways to play it today. I don't think it's on Xbox's backwards compile list. You can get but... it on PC, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure on that one because it has been a long time since mm-hmm. I played it. But... Like, as like as three big sci-fi nerds, like I'm not into Warhammer anyway. Anyway. I don't even know what Warhammer is. What is a Warhammer? Right. Is it a hammer? I don't know. It's on... a hammer that's used for war. I assume and it was. 40,000 Right. <laughs> honest, honest to Christ, Warhammer lore is the most convoluted and complex thing. There's a thing called okay. the, there's a thing called the Black Library, which is literally all of the books that go alongside uh, the uh, the main two games. As you'd say, Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40k. Okay. And there are <laughs> so many books. Like right. you can have stories that go from one that barely even do like two years of story in like <laughs> a, in like 50 millennia. Is ah oh, my my brain. I was just saying, would you still recommend getting it? Did you bounce off it when you try to get into it? Uh, 40k, not my thing. Okay. I don't mind the board game stuff. Like I enjoy the little physical things, but mm-hmm. as a gaming thing, I'd rather play games. Because I'm like, as a, as a big sci-fi nerd, should I? Is, is it just passing me by? Like, it, should it, I go outside just that game? It's. Uh, I feel like if you were to play, because there are quite a few decent Warhammer games, and there's new one coming out soon which is Warhammer Underworlds the game that Ash and I played in real life but is now being turned into a board game and I really recommend uh, keeping your eye out on that Mm -hmm. because that is literally the board game online but in terms of which games to play them, 40k is a great entry point mm. because it doesn't require any knowledge. You've got the Ultramarines, which are the good guys. You've got the Orcs and Chaos, which are the bad guys. You don't really need to know okay. why this is happening, apart from the fact that there's only war. There only <laughs> have, ever has been. There's war. only ever war. It sounds good. Um, Ash, your last game was Beyond Good and Evil. It was one that mm-hmm. we have probably all played. Um, and one that's come back recently because Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been announced. So everyone's gone, oh my God, I remember that this exists. <laughs> yep. There was a one? Yeah. No, see, I, you mentioned it when we were talking like brainstorming ideas for it and mm-hmm. I thought that it was one that wasn't underrated because everyone knew it but like originally it was one of the ones that was on the top of everyone's underrated oh, totally, list. Man, yeah. Yeah. like because it's always one that you bring up like oh yeah I missed that but yeah but about you've got Uncle Paige the pig and Jade the photojournalist and you've got to go around <laughs> space taking pictures of weird blobby squid Lots. in the sky um, and there's a whole government conspiracy that you've got to uncover and you've got to do it by you know racing cars and doing those of fun stuff go to the mama right. go garage yeah. now I'm not gonna lie this is the one reason why I let this game pass me by for so long mm. is because it's the same reason why a lot of people didn't really understand what it was it yeah. was like it was like a racing game 
stealth game, yeah. third person platformer it's game. Like it's and that's it the thing. Everything. It's it's when you hear all of that stuff, it's almost overwhelming to the point where you go, it's gotta be bad then. Because no. they're trying too many things. It's but a PS2 gem. But then when you actually play it, you're just like, damn, they've yeah. managed to blend and these styles is, so well. I, I keep mentioning it towards Xbox backwards compatibility because that service is way more reliable and mm. robust than the PlayStation now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Beyond Good and Evil is on PlayStation now, but it is on uh, Game I don't Pass. It's been remastered, so yeah, yeah, the HD it one should, is. It should be on mm-hmm. I think it's on PlayStation. I assume so. But like even if you picked it up now. Like obviously, yeah. yeah, like it's it came out in like two thousand three or two thousand four. Um, yeah. like obviously it's a bit old school kind of thing in terms of the way that it plays. But I, for me, that just only gives it more charm. Yeah. Um, like I love the platforming elements. It totally is uh, aping Ocarina of Time in terms mm. of the control scheme, the way yeah. the HUD's laid out and everything. Um, and you have little things like little vehicle sections and stealth sections. Like it's weird because its variety is the thing that was initially confusing. Mm. Yes. But that's totally why you should pick it up now. Like yeah. it will just kind of take you by surprise. It's because of the fact that I've heard from so many people that it's it actually has a surprising amount of depth through mm. the variety because mm. a lot of people just go, oh, if you chuck in like a racing section if you chuck in like a, a combat system or whatever then you're basically diluting what your main appeal is mm-hmm. but here it just seems like every single stitch yeah. has been meticulously it's woven. it reminds me of an old game on ps2 which like no anyone played called like hexen um i've heard of i've heard of it yeah I and think, it's like uh, yeah, back it's then cool. there, there were a lot of companies just going like, this is going to be the next big franchise and mm. then like yeah. ubisoft was beyond good and evil i forget who did hexen <laughs> ironically as i've just mentioned it but dragon yeah. yeah, I don't know, but like that whole thing of like trying to do a whole brand new franchise, I feel like they put like a lot of you know a strong foot forward Beyond Good and Evil, but either because it was Ubisoft at the time that it released or whatever, yeah, um, they couldn't get it across yeah. that well. And we might as well talk about um, Beyond Good and Evil too as well because the, what yeah. they've shown for that so far it seems completely different. Um, like uh, it's more like a No Man's Sky. Well, the, it's almost what, like a No Man's Sky. That's your, that's your favorite game. You've it never is. Said I know. Any, I know. You've never said a bad word about Three it. Three years to now. I am going to be devil's advocate and say that I'm actually a little bit worried. About Beyond Good yeah. and Evil. Have you, play, have you played the first one? I have played the first yeah. one, and I look at the second one, and I think everything that was so innovative yeah. and was so like uh, stitched together so well here mm-hmm. makes me worry: is that going to be the case in this one? Yeah. Because I looked at it, and I was like, is this just not another open world yes. game? Is this not just like Jack well, Two? Is this not the... like like I'm not I'm not Jack saying Jack Two is one of the best <laughs> open world games ever. I'm not saying I'm not uh, impressed by it. I'm not saying that it's not the case. I'm just worried that it won't fit as well because mm. it will seem like yeah. it's copying trends rather than setting them. I don't know. I just I think with Beyond Good and Evil, the original game, mm-hmm. the the world and the lore was so interesting and in depth and strange mm. and weird and innovative that making that bigger and being able to explore it further in an age where we have all these technological advances to make it possible in an interesting mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. I think is only a good thing. And I'd be really oh, interested yeah, yeah. in seeing what they do with that, like and spreading it and making it bigger and more. Involving and lots of things. It's well. weird because um, it's a Patrice. No, it's um, I forget the name of the dude that's the creative director. It's the um, it's Patrice. Is it something. Patrice Desolet? We don't yeah, have any names so. on this pod. All we been nailed Shinji like, Mikami before. <laughs> but um, whoever that dude is, the creative director. Apparently, he was sitting at home um, when they like when they first announced that Beyond Good and Evil mm. Two was going to be done. They announced the logo and they I think they had like a couple of concept sketches. Um, back when they did a live stream, but all they had was like a sketch of the new monkey or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and he was saying that it, they were at day zero of development. They literally had a couple of sketches and that was it. And so it was. Like already, it's it's way too. We're getting told about it way too early as yeah. a, a populist mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they finally did debut the gameplay, it was like they had the, the whatever that monkey's called, Space Monkey. That's it's called the Space Monkey program. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Space Monkey flying around that uh, that ship, and it was like okay, it's kind of. And they you know they've made references to No Man's Sky. They said that you know they want to do like a million different planets. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing that Mass Effect Andromeda was initially going for. Um, but that like just feels like we're just trying a bunch of kind of pop culturey things that people can latch onto. Yeah, and that's that's what worries me because if you start following the trends and give 
giving people what they're expecting, mm. then that's going to be its downfall because it won't. You you don't become timeless if you're just replicating something. And yes, don't get me wrong. I know what you're going to say. You can have games that do that, and they do exceptionally well. Warhammer well, 40k. But you could, you could, it could be playing up to all our expectations at the moment because, like you say, it's very early on. You'd release all this stuff that looks standard and to, and to the letter and all that sort of thing, and then just widen off and do something mm. different when it actually comes out and gets closer to actual release. Mm. I think that Beyond Good and Evil's biggest strength is its storytelling, mm. and I think that the more you add in millions of worlds and so many other facets to do, mm. you dilute that experience because mm. it's the same. It's the Fallout problem mm. yeah. uh, or the Skyrim problem. Here's the main quest, problem? but as soon as you, but as, <laughs> as soon as you get out the door, it's like a million things bombard you at once, and you lose that impact. Fullness See, of I, that. I, the Witcher Three is probably one of the only uh, open world games that manages to get you hooked on the story. Oh, why, I think Skyrim um, does that well. And why can't Beyond Good and Evil do that as well for a mm. science? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just holding, just holding myself at a little bit of distance. Another, so I'm, I'm ready to throw myself in. I'm like, I want to see the world. <laughs> Another thing that stands out with Beyond Good and Evil is that um, for me that IP was just dead. Like yeah. it was, a lot of people would recommend the first game, and, and that was just kind of it. It was a point in time. Yeah. I mean, it was 17 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus. so um, when um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 got announced, that was when Ubisoft were in the middle of being taken over by Vivendi. Yes. And I think that I just, just for me, I think that they they resurrected a bunch of IPs. And went, look, we've got fans, we've got fan bases, mm. we've got interest in this. Like, look how much search terms there are. Look at this. Um, and they kicked off Beyond Good mm. and Evil 2 as a way to stave off the hostile takeover, which they've now survived. Mm. Um, and so now that Ubisoft are back to as being Ubisoft, um, it's like, okay, well, this game will come eventually and they'll put in... Yeah. And then the longer the development goes on, the more that we... Mm. Ne it needs to have quote-unquote loot boxes and open-world elements and things that are going to guarantee sales. Uh, have, and it'll be the opposite of what the first game was. Have you guys ever heard of a game that has come out of development after years and years and years and all the sort of production issues that it's had and been good? <laughs> Duke, Duke Nukem Forever is all I'll say. Uh, there's got to be something. <laughs> and I would say that there have been some games that have taken like years to make. Like, it Super, like, Sup like, like Super Mario Odyssey took like three years yeah. to make or whatever it was. Mm. Or Super Mario 64 took like five years to make. That's God fine. Of War reboot. That took five years. That took that's five ages. Years, yeah. that's our I mean, problems. Cyberpunk 2077 has been in development mm. since 2012. And that's so going to be good. That's so. already good. Yeah, it's okay. so Whatever. But I, it's, it is true, obviously. That the, that's the thing. The longer that you take in the in video games, especially, the more yeah. you need to recoup the budget on the other end. I mean, I'm paranoid about Psychonauts 2. Like, that, that's, that's meant to be launching this year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was meant, or something was meant to be launching this year, and we haven't yeah. heard anything like about it. Just, they've just, they do so many different things, and they, they opened up such a massive publisher wing of themselves that they, they've not like focused on as much <sighs> of an output as they had in the 2000s. Uh, all I'll say is that I've uh, seen the new game that they're putting out, Rad, Rad. and I am... Um, Less than impressed. Rad apparently isn't 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 very. It's rad. not rad. It's too, it's no. too obvious oh, that. Yeah. Well, you know. The only but, the, yeah. you could have said uh, it is rad in that it's radiation sickness. Good. Yeah. That's. Yep. Yes. Rods. That one was definitely That definitely a joke. worked better. Um, <laughs> at least we ended on another sci-fi game though, which brings there it all full go. circle. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Let us know what we think down in the comments below about your own favourite of overlooked, underrated, underlooked, overrated, overlooked, overrated sci-fi games. Um, or you can come find us on social media as well. For now though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Kill. Also check out Catastronauts. It's very funny. It's like overcooked but in space. Interesting. Also by Josh Millman. Josh Millman. Uh, Josh Millman. My other one was it would have been Lost Planet. Remember that? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, that one as well. there check you go. it all in the park. I don't think I have another one. I will say Katana Zero. Oh, very good game. Bye. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.